your ride ready for spring driving with Dobbs Spring Break Deals. Money saver deals you can use on Goodyear, Pirelli, Cooper, Michelin, and General Tires. Expert auto service, too. Click on GoToDobbs.com for spring break deals now. Cheap, cheap, fun, fun. Spring is in the air and Dirt Cheap is in your neighborhood ready to deliver the perfect drinks to your doorstep. That's right. All of Dirt Cheap's convenient locations now offer delivery of their wide selections of beers, wines, and all the spirits you need. And if you're like me, nothing hits better in the springtime than a nice weeded bourbon. Ask the friendly staff at Dirt Cheap about their selection of weeders like Maker's Mark, Larceny, and so many others. Download the Dirt Cheap app and order curbside or delivery. Have fun, but be careful out there. Hi, I'm Dan for Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers, here to share the easiest way to buy tires. Come to Dobbs. With the best tire brands and the biggest inventory, you'll get your tires the same day at the lowest price, guaranteed. Next time you need tires, get into Dobbs. I've said this all along. I've said it along easily. You know, one of my top three, five all-time favorite blues moments will always be that number going up number eight coming down to pick him up and go with him. And uh, it looks like today, number eight came down and picked him up one more time. Voice of the blues, Chris Kerber talking about Bobby Plager's number five going up into the rafters a few years ago and Barkley Plager, his brother's number coming down and both of those going up. We're back here on BK and Ferrario on 101 ESPN, your home for the St. Louis Blues as we are remembering the life and legacy of Bob Plager who passed away yesterday at the age of 78 and we are continuing the conversation and plenty of stories to be told of Bobby's career and post-career here in St. Louis. And to do that, we welcome in the Hall of Fame head coach, the former St. Louis Blues head coach, as he was a part of the beginning of the franchise here for the St. Louis Blues. He is Scotty Bowman. Scotty, it is great to talk with you this afternoon. Thank you so much for taking some time and joining us today to talk about the uh, the life and legacy of Bobby Plager. Um, I know such a tough day, but let's just start with the let's start with the player because you, as a young head coach, I'm sure it was not an easy task given to you to coach Bob Plager along with his brothers. Oh, it was a wonderful time, you know. Uh, the original Blues. Uh, as you know, the expansion draft, we, we made, a, I think, one of the significant uh, moves uh, between all the people that were involved, uh, Lynn Patrick and Cliff Fletcher, myself, and we, uh, the, we made a deal with the Rangers. We agreed not to take one of their defensemen, Rod Sealing, because they were, they were one of the powerhouses in the East Division, along with Chicago at that time in Boston. They were... Montreal's always been pretty good, but those three teams were pretty solid. They wanted to keep their defense core, and they uh, they they had to lose three players anyway. So every time they lost the first two players, we were allowed to fill, and we got the fill. One was Bob Plager, and the other was Gary Sabrin. And they also, we were insisted for not taking ceiling. We wanted a good amateur player, and Cliff Fletcher, who was my assistant, he knew the junior ranks, and he picked a good player from Kitchener Juniors, 19-year-old Tim Ecclestone. So we got three pieces to our team. And, of course, you know the trade we made a month into the season, getting um, Red Berenson and Barkley Plager. That was just icing on the cake for, for our team because we had five of our stalwart players picked up, you know, by just making some moves. And we traded a good player, an older player, uh, he was 36 years old. He was leading the, leading our team in scoring, Ron Stewart. But he wasn't gonna he wasn't gonna be able to play much after the, that year or two. So 
Yeah, Bob was a special player with his brother. They were a great tandem. We had a third brother for a little bit, Billy. But I went back a long time with the Plaguers. I coached Barkley in junior in a junior team in Peterborough, Ontario. It was a Montreal farm team when I got started, my first head coaching job. And at that time, uh, Barkley would be probably about 18, and Bob was uh, two years younger, 16. He was playing in Guelph. That was a ranger farm team. That's how he ended up uh, being in the ranger property. So, you know, I got to see him as a junior, and then I got to see him uh, a little bit as a minor leaguer, and then we picked him up. So he was... uh, he and Noel Picard and then Barkley Plager and Al Arbor as the other pair of the, the four defense crew. And then we had Jimmy Roberts and John G. Talbot that could play forward and they could play defense. So, And then you threw in our two goalies. We were a pretty stingy team uh, for about three years. They couldn't score on the Blues. And, and, you know, with the combination of all those good, experienced players, we picked up along the way. But Bob was a tough player. He had a high IQ uh, people didn't really know what kind of a player he was. Well, you know, uh, we can't forget that Bob coached one full season in the farm team of the Blues in 1990-91, won 58 games and lost 19. But he was not a coaching. He didn't like the coaching. He wanted to be with the players, you know. And uh, I'm so happy that the Blues kept him along. He went through a lot of tough times in St. Louis, as you know, with all the ownership changes and and then now with the new group, Stom Stillman, and I was very happy that uh, Doug Armstrong and Craig Berube and my good friend Larry Robinson that was had in Montreal, you know, I was really pulling for the Blues in, in that uh, series because I had a lot of affection for those people. And I'm very pleased that they considered Bob as the original Blue, and he was, and it's an awful time. And all our friends uh, of Bob that... Uh, had the news yesterday, tough time, tough time. Scotty, the number one thing that I hear about him as a player was the hip check, and it's it's become famous <laughs> here in St. Louis. Can you tell us a little bit about what that was like to watch him with the hip check back in the day? I don't know why they did it, because, oh, he, he, could, uh, he would catch players with their head down. Barkley could do the same thing, but his was a little bit lower. Barkley, uh, was, he, they were physical players, and no, nowadays that's that's banned because they they worry about the players getting their knee injuries. But uh, yeah, just a quick story on Bob. Uh, Gordy Howe was still playing for Detroit. He still was an effective player. He wasn't in his prime, but he was in his uh, late forties, I think, and uh, you know, or early forties. And uh, we played them in the, in the arena one night, and uh, we had a veteran defenseman, Doug Harvey, that uh, helped me a lot. He was the second year and. Doug, Doug, you know, he would t- talk to the players and he knew Doug, Gordy Howe. He said, look, sometimes he doesn't feel like playing. Let's not touch him. Just let him play his game. Don't wake him up. He might sleep. And one night, Bob Plager, he didn't take that advice very much. And he he nailed Gordy Howe and woke him up and we paid for it. But but he could really hit. I mean, he uh, any players that come through the neutral zone with speed, head down, they're going to pay a price, and uh, and that's what he did. And, uh, you know, he was a good penalty killer. He and Noel Picard were as tough a tandem as ever played in the league. They both they could stand up for anything they could do. I mean, you know, now we got physical players now that play physical, and they don't answer the bell. But Bob could do that. You know, we didn't like him to do it because we wanted him on the ice. But uh, he was a special player. He didn't have a lot of speed, but he had uh, – 
he knew how to play. And when you're, you know, I, I used to play them in the last couple of minutes of the game because they knew how to protect the lead. They knew uh, what the game was all about and is a great team player. And uh, I got to know him pretty well the last uh, few years as we got cell phones and I used to text them and I, I, I gave him a good text uh, two years ago. The Blues were not a favorite when they won that cup, but they won, after they won the first round, I texted Bob and I said, Bob, your, your uh, notoriety is in jeopardy because you're going to be considered a, a St. Louis Blue that got to the final and didn't win. And I said, you know, your team might win this year. And then I got a good kick out of it because I would see him on TV and he wouldn't watch the game. It looked like he was in the corridor. And I, I texted him one night and I said, Bob, why can't you watch the game? I said, you know, you remind me of when you played, I could hardly watch you play, you know? <laughs> so great man. And uh, he, he loved to, he loved to banter with everybody in hockey that I, I mean, I, I had to call some people and they said, we didn't know him like you did, but he always was personable. He addressed no matter who you were, some you know, low-ranking scout come to a game. He was so proud eh, of being a St. Louis Blue, and and I'm so happy that the players and I hear now, fellows like David Perron and all these players that uh, you know, David Backus, they all they're all how how much he meant to them as players, and uh, that's a good point, you know that. Uh, when you get veteran alumni to be close to teams, the players appreciate that, and it, it builds that team spirit. Where you can't win cups and you can't be competitive, you don't have. A, it's a team game, and Bob was the ultimate team player. Scotty, we had another former teammate of yours on earlier today, Terry Crisp, or team, not teammate, a player of yours, Terry Crisp, on to talk yeah, about Bobby yeah. Plager. And he talked about how Bobby was the ultimate prankster on that roster. And oh, he told yeah. us he got you a couple of times as well. <laughs> I'm assuming it was no holds bar when Bobby was around, right? Oh, that's right. And uh, another story with Bob is in those days, players got one-year contracts. And after our second run to the finals, uh, I, I was a manager, and I had to sign the players. And, of course, uh, I took on Barkley Plager first and signed Barkley to well, – there's always one-year contracts, you know. And then Bob came in the next day because we were signing all the players, and he threw a real curveball at me. He said, well, Coach, you know my value to this team. I'm going to trust you to pay me what you think I'm worth. And I said, wow. You know, and I kind of took a step back for about 20 seconds. But he said, I want to tell you one thing. I will not take a cent letter less than my brother Barkley. <laughs> you know, so he put the pressure on, you know, that, that's the way he was. But uh, they were so close together, you know, and I was I was just uh, so so in awe of when he took the uh, Stanley Cup to Barkley's graveside. You know, that's the kind of that's the kind of guy he was, even with his own teammates. I'm sure you could talk to Glenn Hall or any of the living members Frank St. Marseille, Gary Sabern. I mean, it was a true team spirit that allowed our team to compete and win those first three years. It, it was uh, as great a team. I didn't have all the skill of other Hall of Fame players that won cups, but that team was so close and so much together that, uh, you know, they'll walk together for life, you know. Scotty, one of the things that I've read so much about, especially over the last couple of days, but going all the way back to when his number was lifted up into the rafters as well, was March 1st, 1969. 
It was the day when the Plager brothers were all on the same line together. They started at forward against the Montreal Canadiens. Can (laughs) you tell me about that decision? (laughs) What went into it? How did you inform the brothers that they were going to be playing together? What what was that day like and why did you decide to do it for them? Well, Bob and Barkley, when see Billy was a Minnesota North Star, and he was not as talented, and he wasn't as big as as his two brothers. You know, he was the younger brother, and we did pick him up. I don't know how we ended up getting him on a trade or waivers or whatever it was, and they 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 uh, they were so close that they they kind of kept after me and said, you know, what what about when you go to Montreal? We could you put them? It could us put put us together to start the game. And I said, well, it'll certainly confuse the other coach, so I'll do it. <laughs> so we did that. We did that just to give it a little bit of history. I mean, Bob, uh, Billy played a couple of hundred NHL games. I mean, he was kind of the forgotten one of the three, but, you know, he wasn't as uh, he wasn't as qualified as they were. But he got his taste of the NHL, and uh, sadly, Billy left us much younger than he should have, too. And uh, it's, a, it's a sad time for for the uh, followers of the Plager family, you know, now, but no, that's why that's what, that's a true story. I did, did start them because, uh, you know, Barkley was a great defenseman that liked to make, see in those days, defensemen didn't rush very much. I mean, Bobby Orr was just starting at that time and uh, defensemen stayed home and defended and uh, Barkley liked liked to take off with the puck and, uh, but it was a good combination because, See, Barkley played with Al Arbor, and Al Arbor was a defensive defenseman, and he he had a good influence on Bob Plager too, uh, because uh, Al had a storied minor league career until the league expanded, and uh, you know he's got his name on the cup as a player with Toronto a couple of times and Detroit and Chicago, but he wasn't a regular, but he was a, a call up player late in the season. So, but no, that, that those guys they knew how to play and. Uh, I mean, when you when they say you hear the you hear the the version now that the, we got to play the right way. Well, the the Plagers and those guys played the right way. Scotty, a uh, final question for you from me. Uh, we talk so much about Bobby as a player, but we also got to talk about Bobby as a coach because he did coach in the NHL for eleven games. Um, and if I'm not mistaken, that final game as a head coach. You coached against him, so uh, we got to get a little behind the curtains. What's Bobby Plager like <laughs> as a head coach? Well, he beat me, so uh, I think he said he was the only coach that ever coached against me and ended up with a with a winning record. But he was kidding me. <laughs> but no, I remember that game. I don't know if it was. I, I probably was with maybe Pittsburgh or Detroit. I don't know. It would probably be in the nineties because see, Bob Bob coached in Peoria in the 90-91 season. So, uh, because I remember that, I was not a coach in Pittsburgh. My first year I went to Pittsburgh, I was director of player personnel, and I remember contacting them either by by a phone call, not a cell phone, but saying, Bob, you know, we won another cup, or so I won another cup. And he said, no, not as a coach. I just won the IHL championship as a coach. <laughs> so he always, he always had the last say, you know, and I used to kid him a lot. And, uh, but no, it was uh, he was just a great team player, and I'm so happy. You know, he went through a lot of tough times with the Blues. The late Ron Caron uh, brought him back at different times, and uh, you know, the Blues always didn't have a lot. A lot they weren't like they are today. They were, you know, the, one of the more stable franchises in the league, and uh, that's what I said before. I 
appreciate the way Doug Armstrong and Craig Berube and Tom Stillman of what they did because they knew the value of Bob as as a former blue player and uh, he's going to be missed by all of us. Scotty Bowman joining us here on 101 ESPN here for just another minute or so. Scotty, I did want to ask you because you look back at that 2019 run and as much as St. Louis wanted that cup for the Blues, for those players, for this fan base, everybody here also wanted that for Bobby Plager as well. When you were able to, I don't know how much of the parade you were able to see, but when you were able to watch Bobby Plager in the aftermath, his celebration, as you mentioned, when he went to his brother's gravesite to to toast Mm -hmm. the champagne to him, what did that mean to you to be able to see Bobby Plager finally get the cup that he had been waiting 50 years for here in St. Louis? Well, if anybody deserves to to be on the Stanley Cup winning team, he was the epitome of a St. Louis blue player stuck, stuck with them through thick and thin. And I mean, you could just see how much he meant to the team, but, and also to himself, he was, he was pulling so much for that team. He, he you know, he, he was pretty nervous and he, and, and I, I could understand his, his feeling because he had, you know, he had been in the, in the league for 50 plus years and you come, you come close a few times and, you know, other times it's really tough when you lose that, last game of the season and you don't have any more games. And uh, I felt so good for the whole group and uh, the way that he meshed with the, with Larry Robinson, a hall of fame player who helped the blues go through. And, you know, the blues built a very good defense core. And uh, as we, as you know, the loss of uh, Jay Bowmister and also the loss of uh, Alec Pitarangelo, it's a, it's a tough sledding, but they'll, they'll get back onto it. Uh, and the loss of Pareko, but Bob Bob would have Bob would have probably offered his services knowing him. <laughs> when, <laughs> that's the way he was. He always had somebody on the edge. But no, it was great for uh, for uh, hockey, and it was great for Bob Plager. Scotty, I can't thank you enough for taking some time and coming on with us today. It's great to hear these stories and just continue to laugh and remember the life and legacy of Bobby Plager as a coach, a player, and a man. So thank you so much for taking some time. All the best to you and the family, and we look forward to talking with you again soon, sir. Well, thank you, and I I know the people of St. Louis have lost something that all of us have in uh, the fabric of the St. Louis Blues, and I'm very pleased to have talked to you. Thank you. Thank you, Scotty.